Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the negotiator behind dozens of business acquisitions. Uh, imagine starting a business and 20 years later selling it to somebody else. Who's your boss? Uh, you know, you've been your own boss for a long period of time. That can be a very, very challenging dynamic for people to go through. Our next guest is the founder of a firm that has facilitated the sale of over 80 businesses over the last few years. Kevin DeSanto is the founder of Kips DeSanto, an expert in merger and acquisition business sales. Kevin, hey, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Let's start with this. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm growing my business. What do I not know uh, about selling a business that I need to know in order to be able to succeed? I don't think we have enough time to go through the whole laundry list of items. But um, from our uh, kind of perch in, in, in this region and in the uh, industries that we focus on, particularly around government and technology, um, the, the things that people don't know about getting through an M&A process or selling their business are generally the more technical aspects of it. There's certainly uh, folks that have been through this two or three times, but the majority of people don't go through it that many times. So the technical pieces of it, the financial, the legal terms, those are things that generally are not well known. But I think personally, the biggest thing that people don't appreciate is the change that comes along with that type of transaction. The amount of work and effort that goes into getting through the process, surviving the due diligence, surviving the negotiations, coming out on the other side of it, six, nine, 12 months in some cases to get through that, a significant commitment. On the other side of it, it's very emotional. It's very, very emotional for a lot of folks. It's a big change in their life. It could mean significant uh, change in their financial resources. It could mean significant change in their day-to-day. -day. Uh, imagine starting a business and 20 years later selling it to somebody else. Who's your boss? Uh, you know, you've been your own boss for a long period of time. That can be a very, very challenging dynamic for people to go through and for them to adjust to. And it doesn't start at the top with the primary shareholder or the CEO. It goes all the way through the organization. So the change that comes along with it, the psychology behind it, those can be some of the most incredible challenges that we go through with our clients. So you're in the middle of countless deals every year uh, because it's a big market for you. This is where you're all based. When you look at deals, and you look at, uh, let's do the closing. What's the best story you can share with me of a moment at a closing where deals completed where you saw an entrepreneur's eyes light up and you know, you thought that this was a fun job to do. You know, the funny part is that uh, the eyes don't really start to light up for a few days, maybe a few weeks, even a few months afterwards, because the intensity of the process to get there and the amount that they go through, sometimes you're just, you're, you're, you're done, you're wasted, you're, you're worn out at the end. And so it's hard to be fully appreciative of it. Um, oftentimes at the very end, there's a lot of communication that, that's going on, um, talking to your customers, talking to your employees about the change that's coming. Not everybody is happy for you. Not everybody appreciates why you do those kind of things, but it usually settles in in the days and months afterwards. And I think from, from our vantage point, the greatest um, part about this is when people come back and it's simple thank you uh, because they realize the change has been positive. They realize that the buyer of their company or the investor in their business is going to do great things with that business post-transaction. They also realize that it's a change for them. Imagine the, the weight of the world, the stress, the, the things that go on just running the business and then compounding it with getting through a transaction. The relief is oftentimes so significant that a simple thank you can be a really, really, really meaningful statement.
So it's not like people are running around doing the Snoopy dance and catching their counting their money. They're just tired. They're tired. Yeah, and and you're you're dealing with your legacy uh, a lot of times, right? Our clients have uh, oftentimes you know five hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred or more employees associated with them. They've got customers all over the region and all over the country, and so you know they're they're thinking about things that are that are bigger than just having gotten that deal done or maybe some more zeros in the bank account after that. What percentage of deals, what percentage of business sales actually get completed compared to the, the number of times an entrepreneur hears somebody say, hey, I want to buy your business? There's a lot of chatter. Uh, M&A, buying, selling is a very sexy concept in the business community. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Uh, what, what I would estimate is that less than 1% of all conversations that are started around M&A actually turn into a transaction. And it's probably even more rare that in that 1% that the buyer is the first conversation that you have. Um, it usually takes multiple rounds of discussions, multiple parties to come to the table, and people don't generally have the full appreciation for your business based on your website or based on a teaming opportunity. It takes very, very significant investment and in due diligence and time to figure out what's at the root of it. The other side of it is that not every conversation is started by a buyer who has the capacity or the authority to actually get through a transaction. This is a pretty significant corporate event. And so uh, a, a division manager or, or somebody that's not in the C-suite of a buyer may not have that authority. Um, the CEO of a company may not have the balance sheet or the uh, fi financing resources to be able to afford to do a transaction. So, so many factors come into play as you go throughout that the percentages and the probabilities are pretty low on a, on a, on a, a broad spectrum. What are the sand traps? Where have you seen entrepreneurs really go off the rails in a deal? Uh, disclosure of information is probably the most fundamental and critical aspect of this. Um, deals get done when people trust each other, when they de develop relationships, and when they're in a position where they can um, survive the length of time that it takes to complete it. What we see as one of the critical failures is disclosing pieces of information or disclosing information on a piecemeal basis and not being upfront or transparent about the entire scope of the business. You want to show them financial statements from 2016 because the company performed well, but you don't provide them 2017 budget because you're declining that year. When they finally see that 2017 budget, the answer is going to be the same whether you gave it to them upfront or at a later point in time. So we really embrace the idea of getting things on the table early in the process. So trust, okay. Uh, last question for you. Everybody listening has negotiated something, bought a mattress, bought a car, bought a house. How is negotiating a sell business different? It's the magnitude of it, uh, just in terms of sheer size. Um, most of these transactions are multi-million dollars and you're talking tens and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars. So just the, the magnitude of it is different. Um, and the ability to um, negotiate and keep people in the game and to get to where you want um, is different because you can't just go to the next store or to the next dealership uh, to find the same car or the same uh, you know car outfitted the same way. And so it's that, um, it, it's that sort of zero or one type of uh, factor. It's the being on the brink of losing something that can be pretty significant in terms of how you negotiate. And when you go through it with a client, it's interesting to watch how they adapt and evolve to it because um, they're in a power position in a lot of ways. They will still own the company after the fact, but when you've put as much work into it as they have, 
you usually want to try to get to a point where you can get the deal done in that cycle. And so it can be a little bit more emotional uh, than just a simple uh, purchase of a car or a new lease or a mattress or whatever the example might be. Uh, and it, it really changes your mindset when you get there and you start to look at what those options are. A reminder that selling a business is a high stakes activity. Don't go in it without professional advice. Like our guest, Kevin DeSanto, Kips DeSanto, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Today's podcast is brought to you by Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, MCEDC helping companies start, grow, and accelerate business in Montgomery County. The future starts here. Go to thinkmoco.com today. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online contributors are Michael Hoffman, Barbara Ulrich, and Candace Pye. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.